Hello and welcome to Matt D'Elia is Confused. This is Matt D'Elia, a.k.a. M. Diesel, and today's episode is a return to form of sorts. Today's episode features a guest, a guest I was very excited to talk to, and we had an amazing conversation. Uh, uh, His name is Jules Evans. He's a writer and a philosopher, and uh, before I tell you uh, 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 the reason I needed to talk to Jules, the specific thing I wanted to talk to him about, uh, uh, that his work touches on. Before I get into that, I want to say the way I came across Jules' work in the first place was one of you, one of the listeners of this show, uh, uh, sent it to me thinking I might like it. And when you guys do this, which you have done from time to time, um, and and you, you come across something in the world and you and you think, Matt, Matt might like this, or, or M. Diesel might like this, I'm going to send it to M. Diesel. And then, lo and behold, M. Diesel likes it. And I ended up talking about it on the show, or even better, talking to someone about it. Uh, you guys have recommended guests before, and, and they've been great, and this is no exception. Uh, the thing that Jules writes about, well, he writes about a lot. He's, he's had books published, many articles and essays. Um, the, the, the subject I wanted to talk to Jules about, that he writes about, that I was so fascinated by, is um, on the topic of conspirituality. Conspirituality is a term I was unfamiliar with, but it's one of those terms that you hear for the first time and you Im- it resonates immediately because it, it gives name to something that is swirling around in your mind, disparate ideas that you sort of are vaguely putting together without realizing it, and then, and then a word comes along and you think, that, that's exactly what I'm fucking thinking about. That's it. Uh, and, and what conspirituality means, uh, it's referring to it's, it's, uh, this sort of weird thing we're seeing uh, uh, more and more of now, uh, especially since the beginning of the pandemic. It's this, it's this weird marriage of new age ideas and philosophies, sort of like wellness lifestyle stuff uh, and um, conspiracy theories and conspiracism and particularly right wing conspiracies. Um, so, you know, I think on their face, you think of um, New Age as this hippie thing, and then you think of far right as this fascist thing, and you think hippies and fascists don't go together, and how does that make sense? You know, it kind of doesn't make sense, and I think that's where my mind goes, and Jules's work has been shared widely. I think it's been very widely read on the subject, and I think, I think it's something that we're all sort of seeing now and trying to come to terms with, and, and we can't. And I think there, that's why there's such interest in Jules's work right now, because there's this, there's this phenomenon going on that seems like it shouldn't make sense, but it's happening and it's spilling out very much so into the real world. And again, especially because the pandemic, I mean, QAnon stuff has, has weirdly merged with COVID denial and COVID denial has weird overlap and, and sort of origins in anti-vax stuff. And so there's this, this weird swirling pot of, of, of shit that overlaps and sort of when you look at it from afar, doesn't make sense. But what Jules does is he takes a magnifying glass and really examines what the fuck is happening. And that's why I wanted to talk to Jules. And two articles in particular that examine conspirituality uh, uh, that I wanted to talk to him about are uh, one is called Nazi Hippies, When the New Age and Far Right Overlap. And the other one is called Conspirituality, the overlap between the new age and conspiracy beliefs. Um, and 
it was fucking great to talk to him about it. I wish we had more time. Hopefully I get to talk to him again because uh, if you listen to the show, you know I'm fascinated by this shit. Conspiracy theories and woo-woo, all of it together is fucking mind-boggling shit. And uh, it was really great to talk to Jules about it. And I can't recommend his work anymore. So especially if you enjoy the conversation, look up his work and check it out for yourself. Um, all right, here is my conversation with Jules Evans. Hope you guys dig. Okay. Jules Evans, welcome to Matt D'Elia is Confused. Uh, I'm very excited to talk to you. Actually, uh, b- before we even get into anything, the, the way I came across you, Jules, is I have uh, the, uh, a listener sent me some of your stuff, and I find that the best shit usually comes to me from people who listen to the show, who sort of are on a feedback loop with me, and they're like, you will like this. And 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 I went down a rabbit hole of your work, and, I, and I'm very, very uh into what you're writing about what you're doing if, if you want to sort of frame yourself to tee, tee yourself up really how in your own words how you would describe yourself before we jump into anything though go for it sure matt uh well thanks for having me on your podcast um i am a writer i'm from the uk originally um and i am interested in the history of ideas and how ideas can make our lives better or worse so I have written on everything from the revival of ancient Greek philosophies in modern life to how we find ecstatic experiences of all kinds in Western culture and when they're good for us and when they're bad for us. And over the last two years, I've been looking at the history and future of Western spirituality. And in the last 12 months, that's been really often like the kind of shadow side, the dark side of Western spirituality. Um, so that has got me into writing about um, conspirituality, as in the overlap of New Age spirituality and conspiracy culture. Yeah. Uh, OK, so conspirituality, I, I feel like we should start there because that was my introduction point to your work. Um, I feel like and I, right. I, I have the sense, actually, that that. The, the your writing i know has gone for, sort of far and wide on this particular subject uh, uh recent most recently and I, I it seems to be at least for me when i came across it uh uh when uh when that i it sort of something clicked where i was like that's the thing that i've been thinking uh but i didn't know there was a thing to call it do you know what i mean and it, it was like mm, that lightning yeah. strike of like that's fucking exactly what i'm seeing and i didn't know what to call yeah. it or what it was because those two things that the, the those two ends of the things that that go together in the, in in this are they don't mm. seem congruous they don't seem coherent but yet they actually are mm. if you dig deeper so you're you're sort of mm. if, if you want to sort of define conspirituality for us and then we can jump into what what that is now sure yeah. um yeah um so it is um it is a term that was coined by two anthropologists a decade ago uh, in a paper. And that for, for a decade, that paper wasn't really much read because mm-hmm. most people weren't that focused on that. Mm-hmm. Um, they're called Charlotte Ward and David Boas. Um, in April last year, just in the start of the kind of global pandemic and the lockdowns, 
I notice people in my culture, like I'm in, I'm in this kind of spiritual networks, mm. um, leaders in that, in that, in that culture who I, um, respected, um, sharing what I considered pretty outlandish stuff. Um, you know, interviews with David Icke, uh, the kind of the, 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 the lizard man, um, you know, documentaries like Plandemic saying this is all a, a massive hoax, um, you know, as well as like Pizzagate stuff and then, and then QAnon stuff. And I was very um, struck by this and I was disheartened by it. And I, and I thought, why is my culture like making this worse rather than helping people in this, in this crisis? Why are they making it worse and, and harming people, putting people at risk? Um, and and I, so I, I started to just try and figure that out. What drew New Age people also, what drew people that were drawn to the New Age also to conspiracy cultures? And that's when I came across this term, conspirituality. Uh, and I wrote a piece on it in April. And, and yeah, it, it did really well quickly. And then whenever I've written about it again throughout this year, it's they've always been like, you know, really viral articles and the first one inspired a whole podcast on the topic of conspirituality which three three other researchers do and it's, it's really great and they've just really dived into the topic um so it is at its most basic matt it's just that it's exactly what we said it's the overlap of like, people in the new age and wellness space getting into conspiracy theories and that could go from anything from you know and there's a de- whole debate over defining what's a conspiracy mm-hmm. theory versus a genuine conspiracy. But it could range from things like um, being uh, very anti-vax, very anti-vaccine, say, um, but uh, to all the way to like uh, the Illuminati is controlling us uh, through like trans programming. And I suppose like being anti-vaccine or vaccine hesitant might not actually qualify as conspiracy theory. Mm-hmm. But if you think that, you know, like Bill Gates is actually it's a, a massive plot to kind of control the global population uh, and to cull billions that, yeah, you probably say that was a conspiracy theory. Um, yeah. So th- this is this is a juicy topic. And I got in, in some of the stuff I've written, I've got people uh, very angry with me because they're saying that I'm labeling them all as, as, as nutty. Mm. You know, any theory that I don't agree with, which I hopefully I'm not. <laughs> well, I think I think. I would imagine at least the reason why your writing on this subject is is so red and there's so much interest in it is is I'm I I feel like so many people that I know have have somehow been affected by this actually personally and you know I have a couple friends that sort of since the beginning of the pandemic have really spun into a very heavy conspiracy driven thing and it's interesting the two most prominent one sort of has always been very interested in politics and 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 made this sort of pendulum swing from the left side of the political spectrum to the right in in that in that sort of time span but another one sort of was very uh into the in specifically new age zone and and now he has sort of Mm. taken on this uh QAnon ideology as well but it didn't start there and it, i find that it's it's weird that that something that that guiding and unifying would would come last almost do you know what i mean and i'm i'm struck with how big yeah. the umbrella is and how amorphous these these ideas are because uh it, it's sort of yeah. it, it's it's too big of a tent to be even remotely coherent and i'm wondering how people mm. engaged in these in these things 
reconcile that, or or even if they do at all, what is your take on that? Yeah, I mean, I suppose you can think of conspiracy culture as uh, an attempt at meaning making, Mm -hmm. and it's kind of myth making as well. Um, But it it is extremely syncretistic. It, you could compare it to say something like, uh, you know, classical ancient Roman polytheism or Hindu polytheism, or maybe something like a superhero universe, mm-hmm. where it's never it's never either this or that. It's always both and. Yeah. So uh, you know, just add stuff on. Like you know, it's like a sprawling a shanty town where there's always just space for a few more add-on stuff. So any any new information. You know, never you never have to really discount anything in the past. You can always just add it on. Right. Um, so yeah, so so it, it's it's that kind of thing. It's highly. I mean, I've seen kind of graphs where people try and connect all the different conspiracy theories with crazy arrows everywhere. <laughs> so so it's that kind of it's that kind of very syncretistic um, mindset, I guess. And and of course, it's 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 um it's the paranoid version of a kind of mystical trip. So a, a joyous mystical trip is the sense everything is connected. There are no coincidences. Everything is synchronicity. You know, um, my my inner desires and the outer external world are beautifully in sync and things are just manifesting. And the paranoid version of that is everything is connected. So, you know, if there's one group controlling, you know, doing evil deeds in this area, they're probably connected to that too. Mm. So in other words, there must be connections between like MKUltra and the Federal Reserve and chemtrails. Like, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. If you've got if your basic thing is there is an evil group controlling the world, they must be doing all this stuff. They must they must be the most kind of, you know, multi-talented uh, small cabal of people because they're running incredibly varied enterprises like, you know, from 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 uh, you know, so I guess it's like that. It's yeah, like it, 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 it all must fit together because it's because it's 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 there's certain people who want and, and they're not just conspiracy theorists. There's certain people who want one map, they yeah. want one theory. So this is why I say Marxism was very popular in the 30s, because it offered one map, one theory. Uh, if, if there's certain people who want a one stop shop. Right. Uh, and so you've got to, You've got to fit everything into everything else. Right. It's like they need the grand unifying theory or else it sort of collapses, even though it, there is no grand unifying theory. They, there needs to be the appearance of one or the attempt to create one. Uh, I, 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 I'm, I'm also I mean, I think in a, in a few ways it's obvious, but I do think it's worth talking about why besides sort of it being on people's minds that uh, it, it is because it's in the in, in the sort of ether. People are talking about it. People are sort of becoming radicalized and becoming getting into this this thing. But but what mm. about now is it that is driving this sort of uptick in these sort of i mean it, i know in, in in a couple ways it's rather obvious what the foundations of this are but i think it's worth yeah. sort of t- talking about in in a broader way of like what about this moment or a moment makes people sort of more liable to 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 or susceptible to something like this right so possible reasons we could suggest would be um the the internet so um barack obama wrote a great article in the atlantic magazine talking about you know he said conspiracy culture was like the main threat facing democracy at the moment Mm. and that was before the insurrection 
uh, several months before. But he, he, one of the things he talked about was um, um, the the internet. Uh, like in the in the in the sixties, seventies, and eighties, people's information was was mediated by about five TV channels. Mm-hmm. So what was reality was basically what Walter Cronkite said was real. Um, the internet has led to a much more decentralized media system where like the guy who made Plandemic or the guy who made the Pizzagate documentary Out of the Shadows, mm-hmm. they can make really slick, well-produced um, kind of infotainment. And we're, we're not really, you know, if, if we're so kind of naive and credible from TV that if it's slick and well-made, we just believe it. Like yeah. it must be true. I'm watching it on YouTube. Um, so, so that's, you know, that has, the internet has just enabled or, you know, much more of a pluralist kind of universe to emerge right. where, yeah, you get flat earthers and they'll have their community and you'll have, you know, uh, and that's not all bad. Um, like as someone who's into kind of spirituality myself, I didn't feel my beliefs, uh, or, or, or kind of culture was at all reflected on British TV, for example. Mm. So like the, you know, the BBC very much defines the Overton window of reality. However, what we've discovered is, you know, that complete decentralization um, seemed to work pretty badly during a public health crisis. <laughs> right. Um, so that's one thing. Um, then the pandemic, of course, it, you know, it lead, it's led people to be massively isolated, have loads of time at home. Um, they're cut off from each other. Um, they've got too much time on their hands uh, and they're frightened and their livelihoods are being damaged. And there's been the biggest increase of kind of state control over our civil liberties since World War II. Mm-hmm. So all of those factors, um, you know, are, are sending people down rabbit holes um, on the Internet. Yeah. Um, the, the, yeah. The, 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 to your first point, just to expand on that or what, what I often think about uh, to touch on that is, is <clears throat> but if, if pre-Internet, let's say, if you were sort of a classic tin foil hat and 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 you have some some of the many co- sort of common conspiracies in your mind which you know those there are various threads that go back very far th- back through time on these that sort of just get repurposed for the current time which i want to i do want to talk about in a bit but but just the idea of before internet the internet was around if you were prone to that or or already believing in those things you were sort of siloed off not not necessarily disconnected but just not connected entirely to the to the whole world at the click of a of of a computer do you know what i mean and and you didn't really have access to an entire potential community that would pop up in one google search about the subject you're interested in if you were prone to that you'd have to seek it out yourself develop the theory yourself maybe maybe find some other people who think like you or have to go to a convention that you hear about to 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 reach those people and sort of commune about it but now it's not only easy but then to your second point we're all just sitting most of us are just sitting around on our asses with not much time to do so we're literally sitting there and all we have to do is type it into our computer and anything you want to think about anything is is there if you want to read it mm-hmm. and and it's like it's it's it's, uh-huh. it's almost too yeah. easy it, it, the democratization of ideas sounded amazing and in many ways it really is but there's this yeah. thing of bad information is is just as likely to pop in front of your eyes as good and if you're already wired to believe what you want to believe or seek what you want to believe this is just like a horrible fucking situation uh uh converging together yeah. these various things 
You're you're right. If you were a, a kind of prophet of the apocalypse, uh, even 20 years ago, you'd have to be like Homer Simpson in that episode. You'd have to walk down the street wearing a kind of sandwich board saying the end is nigh, ringing a bell. Yes. Uh, and now you can make a kind of slick video on YouTube. Yeah. I mean, and then I would say other things happening now are um, we have um, heads of state promoting this stuff. Yeah. Um, and that is really mainstreaming it, uh, using the White House, using official sources uh, of, 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 of state information to share this stuff. Yeah. Um, so this, this is this is this is kind of extraordinary, like, you know, compared to in the in the 90s when this would be the kooky fringe stuff. Now we've got like a conspiracist in chief or yeah. we had. Um, sharing this stuff. So, and that is, I mean, there've been moments like that in history. Um, I, I, I don't know much about it, but I believe in like the, I think it maybe was the fifties. There was like this thing in the Republican party called the John Birch society. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they really mainstreamed anti-communist conspiracy theories. But this is, um, that surely, um, boosted it. Um, because again, like just like we're kind of naive and credible um with regards to what's on tv mm -hmm. like if, if if the if the president is saying something that gives us so much credibility yeah um so so we've seen that all over the world like populist leaders sharing conspiracy theories like you know the white replacement theory or, or other kinds of things mm -hmm. um and then um we're also, I think there's been a, that we're in, obviously, in a time of serious turbulence. Uh, I would say a kind of breakdown of one uh, economic order, which was the kind of hydrocarbon uh, industrial model and the emergence of a new thing. Um, you know, the, the, the breakdown of American hegemony mm -hmm. uh, and the emergence of a more multipolar world. So there, there, there's all this massive disruption happening. Um, and I think we've got the breakdown of, of, of one of the ruling religions of the last century, which was the religion of progress. Mm. I'm going to be better off than my parents. If I work hard, I can get a step up. But, you know, and, and it, that's getting really buffeted by all kinds of forces like extreme weather, like economic stagnation, inequality, automation. So there's a breakdown of, of conventional meaning, and that is creating a space for weird new meanings and weird new myths. Uh, and, and, and there's basically a bit of a, um, it's, we don't at the moment have settled beliefs. And so if you're a, a wacky new belief, this is a very good, or, or a kind of charismatic prophet type, this is a very good time to kind of grab some limelight. <laughs> so, and, and it's similar to like the twenties and thirties, a similar time of massive disruption and, uh, far out new ways of thinking, some of them beautiful and wonderful uh, had a chance to kind of step onto the stage. Yeah. Um, and then, and then I think also we're just noticing it more as well. Like there's always been people into conspiracy theories. It's just that in a public health crisis where their actions affect us, um, everyone, you know, non-conspiracy theorists will notice it a lot more. Like a year ago, who cares if someone's a massive anti-vaxxer yeah. and thinks Bill Gates is, is, is Satan. But this year, I care, because mm -hmm. if they're kind of being really anti-mask and spreading uh, uh, the virus, that matters to me. Right. So we notice it more, and there's much more media attention being given to it. And then I suppose just finally, there's like something like QAnon is itself, uh, a, it's just, 
It's very well made. It's a very, very juicy story. I mean, what more ancient mythical buttons could you push than yeah. the kind of the blood libel myth yes. about evil Satanists kidnapping children to, to kind of harvest their blood and they're running the world and, and it's all those celebrities who have such nice lives, but actually they're sick, you know, de- demonic people. What a great myth. Yeah. So it's just kind of juicy uh, and it latches onto people's minds. Well, that, that is extremely <clears throat> enduring, what you, you just mentioned, uh, blood libel. That goes, you know, obviously so far back, but that specific sort of like the, 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 the key parts of that uh, conspiracy theory, I guess, I, I almost think of that as the original conspiracy theory in, in a few ways, at least the original modern one. It, 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 and it just yeah. changed and is repurposed. I mean, you look at the satanic panic, it's the same shit. And, and, and I would imagine, yeah. you know, the further back you go throughout the various uh, panics or hysterias or conspiracy th- uh, sort of heavy periods, I would imagine that the current of uh, child abuse, sexual predation of, uh, towards children is, is in all of that. And, and I'm, I'm a little bit uh, uh, seeing it sort of makes things somehow both make more sense seeing it just go through the times and just be repurposed for, for the new era. But also it makes it make less sense because it's such a fucked up, crazy thing to make up. It's such a fucked up thing to want to believe. And when you pair that with people will believe yeah. what they want to believe, what is that? That is, yeah. there's a dissonance there that I'm like sort of constantly struggling with you know what i mean and and it almost seems like there's this yeah, fasc- well, uh, original America, fascination yeah. already with i mean america's it. a yeah america's a very religious country yeah. and it was started by puritans and they they had witch panics very early on um and and they kept you know and and i think america you know is is, is prone to these uh religious enthusiasms and that can be the kind of euphoric, like, you know, great awakenings that have happened occasionally in America. Mm-hmm. And in some ways, something like Black Lives Matter has aspects of a kind of religious revival movement, mm. uh, of a kind of mass enthusiasm. And then you get the paranoid side of it, which is like, um, you know, satanic panics. Mm-hmm. And, um, and there was one of them in the 50s, you know, the kind of Red Scare. Yeah. There was one of them in the 80s. Um, you know, where there was sudden obsession with mass ritualized satanic abuse. Um, and, and I guess, you know, we, in the last 12 months, we saw both. We saw the kind of mass religious revival of Black Lives Matter. And then we saw, and then we've seen the kind of <clears throat> satanic panic of QAnon. But I think the reason this stuff can get people is because cultish thinking start off with something reasonable and then go from there. And what's the reasonable thing that, you know, children get abused mm. and, it, and, it, and it may be underreported mm. and that sometimes powerful people um, uh, use their power to hide their predatoriness. Mm. Uh, and that is true mm-hmm. and that is acceptable. So, so, you know, you get people defending QAnon and they're saying, what, you don't think pedophilia happens? You don't think the rich prey on, on the vulnerable? And of course, we know they do. And, right. and that's come out a lot in the last few years, whether it's Epstein or Bill Cosby. Um, so, so you kind of start from there and then you build it into like, um, you know, a, a much more florid kind of theory. Yeah. And 
on the heels of that, just you're speaking to sort of the the absolute certainty, and the and the and the and the counter arguments are are so sort of broad that it doesn't really speak to like what you just said basically if you counter them and they say oh what you don't think this actually happens and you have to mm. you have to concede that of course it does and it's almost mm. like at least to them they got you on mm. that you know mm. and i think mm. that there's a there's a there a a a natural at least among people with this sort of framework of mind uh, the natural mm. sort of they want the, towards certainty. They, the, the certainty is really sort of what I, to my eye, is what's drawing them in, is, is what's attracting them. That's, that's, the, that's the glimmer of, yeah. that's luring them, you know? It, I agree. I mean, it's a weird thing because it starts off from skepticism. Don't believe what you're being told. Mm -hmm. Don't believe what you hear. But then there's a complete asynchronicity in that skepticism. So towards certain sources, uh, complete denial like, uh, oh, this is just an elaborate hoax, almost so elaborate it defies belief. But then towards other sources, complete credibility mm -hmm. uh, or complete gullibility. So, so there's not kind of global skepticism. There's skepticism very much towards some sources and complete kind of credulity and lack of reality testing towards other sources. Yeah, that's um, definitely true. I actually, I sometimes just, I can't help myself. I have to go check on the the various sort of public posting like social medias of people who i know who have been radicalized or whatever in this modern moment this yeah. QAnon thing and i i often see one thing which is the incredulity that someone anyone could believe what they're seeing on cnn or even fox news and then also with, with the very next breath they will utter something like the Space Force is going to take over the emergency broadcast system and the military tribunals over the next three days are going to shock everybody and they're going to be televised for everyone to see 24 yeah. hours a day. And, 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 and then they're like, you know, the, I don't know if that's true, but that's what I've heard. And I just want you guys to be aware yeah. in case it's like, what the, how, how is your vetting process? Like, what the fuck is, yeah. what is happening? And, and how can yeah. you possibly give credence to one and not at all the other? It's, it's, it's just wholly yeah. incongruous, you know? Right. Yeah. But think about it as a dream mm -hmm. and think about uh, as a fantasy. And what does, you know, what, you know, something about the human imagination, like they want to see military tribunals on TV, yeah. like what, 24 seven. I mean, that, this is like the fascist imagination. Yeah. Or I don't know if uh, maybe fascist gets, gets thrown around too much as a word, but like, cause it's also a bit like French revolution. Like, yes. you know, there will be blood. Um, you know, there was a guy, there was a guy recorded, uh, one of the people storming the insurrect, you know, the capital, and he was like, we're going to go in there. And someone said, and then what? And he looked at him and said, heads on pikes, which was, <laughs> he was obviously, he was quoting Steve Bannon. Right. And Steve Bannon was, was banned from YouTube for saying, he, you know, he hated That's Dr. Right. Fauci and wanted to see heads on, on pikes. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the kind of, um, the bloodlust, uh, yeah, we will purge the land. Yes with you know with 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 you know um with the guilty and again this is very very old yes and it goes back to um you know you think about ancient greek culture right um oedipus rex mm -hmm. uh there's a plague in the land and why is there a plague because someone must have sinned mm. and so um you know this is what the this is what the uh the the oracle says that there, there's that there's a pollution in the land and that's causing the plague and so there's a hunt and, they, and Oedipus becomes the kind of the scapegoat. 
and he actually kind of you know blinds himself and is thrown out from the city so the the, the idea that you know in a plague that there is someone who's causing it and they're the scapegoat and they must be sacrificed is unfortunately thousands of years old mm-hmm. um and and you know and i don't think it's you know just on the right that you see that yeah like um there is evil in the land there is hidden demonic forces it must be purged mm-hmm. um uh, the, the the demonic ones must be shamed and and excluded uh, and only then can the land be free of the demons um it's it is it is weird but it's like we're not as modern as we think we are mm-hmm. yes yeah and and also you know often on the other side of that purge is some new uh, uh paradise is some new utopia and that is the ultimate yeah. end goal you know and it's almost apocalyptic yeah. in that yeah. sense it's very biblical uh, but but that talk about enduring i mean that is you know we're, we're coming yeah. to this moment and and at that moment we will be cleansed and we will live in this paradise uh uh from yeah, that point sure. forward yeah that it's it's one of the q ideas is like from dark to light yes uh from the darkness of POTUS's first term to the light of the second. But yeah, that kind of um, apocalyptic politics um, is, is, as you say, very common. It, you know, it was very uh, apparent in the Reformation, mm. which you could compare as a kind of breakdown of the monopoly of truth and information. Yes. Um, and the space for all kinds of ecstatic cults to arrive. And all kinds of outsiders, like you could just be like, there were there were whole there were mass ecstatic movements led by like, you know, peasants and bakers and like you yeah. know children and real outsiders who had had a moment. And um, there's a very good book on this uh, by a historian called Norman Cohn. Um, uh, oh God, let's see if I can remember the name of it now. Um, the something to do with uh, the, the millennium, mm. the pursuit of the millennium, mm. and 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 Cohn looks at these ecstatic political movements in the Reformation. Like there was one called Thomas Munzer, and he take he, t- he took over a whole town in Germany and declared that a, a new age of love was coming, and and he was kind of this Christ-like figure who would redeem the world. And then you know that euphoria quickly turned into like. But in order to get there, we have to we have to kill all the bad people. Yeah. So it turned into a kind of massive blood orgy. Um, but yeah. and and, and it, you know yeah and, yeah. and the, that, that led to you know pogroms often like yeah let's just kill all the Jews and yep. then the age of love will come. And it doesn't matter how violent it it is, and and it's it's almost like it doesn't you know. And I think that's why to our minds there's so much dissonance about this this moment this this moment of the convergence of new age and sort of fascism, if you will, or whatever you want to call it, conspiracy, conspiratorial sort of fascist leaning ideas. I think that's Mm -hmm. why it seems so incongruent because we think of these people of new age as hippies and we think of fascists Mm -hmm. as Nazis. And I know you wrote an Mm -hmm. article about this, so it might be a good segue, Mm -hmm. but there's this, there's this idea, there's this natural sort of like, wait, that can't be right about, people yeah. being like one way and then also the other way but but not only can they yeah. but it, there's there's t- that's another enduring thing if you want to talk about that too yeah. yeah um well yeah i mean like you know conspirituality is 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 is, is not the only game in town like of the people who stormed the capital the most visible was this QAnon shaman guy in the kind of Jamiroquai hat yeah that that the, the, the hapless jake angeli 
but it wasn't like they were all yoga mums, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> like waving, you know, bearing their, uh, their, their yoga mats and storming the Capitol. Like they were also like straight out white supremacists, straight out neo-Nazis. Paramilitary. And, and well. Yeah. 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 yeah Paramilitary. But, I guess I wrote about the bit that I'm familiar with, which mm. is the conspirituality. Bit. Right. So I'll, I'll talk about that. Like, um, as you say, like when wellness influences and new age influences started to promote the QAnon conspiracy theory, people were like, that's, do they realize this is a far right theory, which is about the kind of suspension of democracy, military tribunals, you know, Trump is the kind of, uh, Fuhrer type, uh, redeemer. Um, And people were very surprised by that because they, as you said, thought that kind of wellness hippies were progressive and liberal. Yeah. Um, But historically, this is not the case. Um, Not it's not solely the case anyway. Right. Um, You can get new ages of many different political variants. Uh, If you look at the history of the new age from, let's say, about 1880 to the present day, let's say like 140 years or so. Uh, many leading figures in the New Age have been uh, elitists. Mm. Uh, they believed in a kind of spiritual elite that was kind of superior to the masses uh, and, and that deserved kind of power and deserved to, they, they should breed more and the inferior uh, human should breed less. You also had New Ages who were into like um, authoritarian politics. They were into things like the Nietzschean cult of the Superman um, so, uh, and then, you know, some of those, um, uh, new age figures in the, um, twenties and thirties got into fascism. Uh, and likewise, some leading members of the Nazi party were into the new age. Um, so Himmler, who was the head of the SS was very into the new age. He was, he carried around a copy of the Bhagavad Gita with him. He tried to get his SS officers to practice yoga. He sent expeditions to meet the Dalai Lama. He was very into, um, you know, different kind of alternative spirituality and folklore. This is partly, uh, you know, why the, the, the Nazis were into the swastika symbol, which mm. was they, they got from like Eastern wisdom and from theosophy. Rudolf Hess, the deputy Fuhrer was into alternative medicine, actually got, inmates at concentration camps to work on his kind of uh, alternative medicine um, fields is like uh, homeopathic plants. Mm. Um, you know, the other members of the Nazi party were into like astrology. They set up an institute of parapsychology. So, and you have to be a bit careful because there were other Nazis who weren't into the occult at all mm. and were really embarrassed by people like Himmler and Hess. And um, so it's not like you can't just explain the Nazi party and national socialism by saying, Oh, it was just weirdos into the occult. Right. Um, what it was, I think it's better to think of it as like, um, fascism grew out of a kind of subculture in, um, Weimar Germany. And that subculture, uh, included lots of alternative beliefs and mm. practices, it included people into drugs. It included people into like spiritualism or like theosophy it included people into radical leftist politics like feminism or into alternative lifestyles like vegetarianism or like, uh, you know, the early hippies, they were called uh, Wandervogels. They used to kind of go and live in the forest or whatever. And, but within that, there was also people into far right stuff. And in that subculture, ideas and practices and ways of living mingled and sometimes fused together in weird ways. 
So let's say theosophy, which was one of the founding movements of the New Age, you could get um, feminist theosophists, you could get um, fascist theosophists, um, you could get German nationalist theosophists. So in other words, it was quite eclectic. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, so, the, so, so historically there certainly have been um, people, there has been always an aspect of New Age culture which has been drawn to extremist politics, which has been somewhat anti-Semitic. Um, uh, yeah, and, 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 and the surprising thing is that that was still the case after World War II. Mm. Um, so you, you still had people in the, in the 60s New Age culture who were, you know, into spiritual elitism, who were drawn to extremist politics. I mean, let's not forget that Timothy Leary, you know, at one point was kind of bust from jail by the Weathermen, who yes. are a leftist terrorist organization. And, uh, you know, he, he's occasionally said, like, things like kill all pigs mm -hmm. or like, uh, you know, let, let's, let's, use a, uh, let's wake up America with bombs. So, um, so, yeah, we should not be surprised by this. Um, the idea that hippies are progressive liberals, um, no way. Like, hipp hippies are, are particularly... New Ages are particularly prone to things like magical thinking mm. uh, and mythical thinking. And that can also make them prone to like magical solutions to problems, not like slow policy solutions, but like magical redemption, magical purges, this kind of thing, magical shifts in consciousness. Yeah, I, um, I was... Something struck me the other day when I was, I don't, I forget what I was reading, but, but there's this element of the, the idea of the individual gone astray, sort of like led astray on, in, on, in, in both of these sort of mindsets. It's, 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 in the wellness, uh, arena, it's like, look inward, uh, you know, uh, focus on the self, the, anything is possible when we look inward. And then uh, the idea of this, of identity, the self, the individual, and then there's on the right, this very, very sort of like individualistic, pull yourself up by the bootstraps. There's this weird convergence of, of how these people think of the individual that, that, and, 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 and I, 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 I feel like there's something to do with that, this rejection of what's outside of the person almost. And it's on each one of us. There's, there are some weird convergences that I think are sneaky that you, that don't, that they're not yeah. apparent on their face, but really underneath there are enough similarities where you, it sort of starts to look like a circle where the poles of, you know, ideologies yeah. are not left and right exclusively, mm. but at some point mm -hmm. they bend and meet somewhere, you know, because I just, just in the, yeah. in the practical sense, I know a few Bernie people who very sort of like they tipped at some point and then went over to sort of being this MAGA Trumpy, uh, uh, basically Q yeah. world stuff. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, sure. I mean, so I think you're right to say that it's complicated and there are different kinds of things going on. Um, you can see definitely an aspect of wellness and spiritual culture, which is very individualist. Mm. Follow your bliss. Right. Trust your uh, intuition. Reject official versions of the truth. Reject and suspect institutions. So there's that going on. And that leads into a kind of libertarianism. And you can see that feeding into like the rejection of lockdown politics, mm -hmm. the rejection of masks, the rejection of public health. So, so that's definitely going on. And also things like 
oh, COVID can't get me because I, I resonate at a different frequency <laughs> or I'm into, I'm into this or, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm eating three bananas a day right. or something. Like, you know, I've got my own health thing. So, so there's that going on. But, in them, but then a, a true libertarian and individualist would not be into military tribunals. Yes. Uh, and they would not be, you know, and they kind of wouldn't give a damn about who was president because they'd be like, you know, I, I don't care. Like Nietzsche was a real libertarian in a way. He didn't really care about politics because right. that was what the masses did. That was what the herd did. So there's, there's also something else going on and it kind of overlaps. Um, and I think it's the sense that there's something very rotten with how things are. And, and, um, and there's something rotten with the elites. And I think, you know, Bernie supporters uh, and, and kind of MAGA supporters, you know what I mean? They're both yes. speaking to that um, or, or into that. And that therefore we need a revolution of some sort, you know, like we need some kind of radical change. Um, and, um, and that can, that can break left or right. Right. Uh, and, and I think, so, you know, like some of the, some of the, as you say, some of the people who got into QAnon were probably um, Bernie supporters or voted for Obama. Mm -hmm. um, and, so, so yeah, it, it, it is complicated. And they're almost kind of, like I'm saying, like contradictory things going on there, like libertarians who end up supporting fascist, you know, military um, rule. Right. Um, but, but I, you know, that, that kind of thing happened in the thirties as well. You did get individuals who like, well, liberal democracy is rotten and corrupt. Um, but so, you know, we need, we need a radical solution. Yeah, and I, and I think you know the the clearest through line to me of when these sort of movements, if the, if you can call them that, pop up when you look backward in time, when you look at now, it's sort of these very strained social cultural moments for one reason or another, which obviously the '30s were, which obviously now is, and the further back you go, the Reformation mm. as well, sort of moments of upheaval, which in the sense of uh -huh. you know the idea that these things spread in moments when people feel less control over their own lives, less uh, clarity about what's going on, more apparent sort of like struggle for power and, and signals crossed at the top level on down, make people think, well, this is all bullshit, I'm going to go seek this other thing. I, 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 it's clear yeah. as to like what the reason is, but what there's a tipping point because because I, I look at these things and I, it sounds like you do too, and I think there's a healthy amount of this system is so fucked up and this is wrong and that's wrong and 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 but but I don't even go near this sort of uh, big big sort of like they there's this idea of they're controlling mm. it and I, I see a lot like the media has a script and they're all following mm -hmm. the script and there's these ideas mm. of, of 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 the cabal as like a real thing that is not at all thought through it just becomes this blanket mm. they you know it's they're mm. doing this they want you to do this and there's not even a, really a clear mm. end necessarily and and i i mm. I, I don't I, I feel like there's some point that you know, it's like having a gene for it or not. Do you know what I mean? It's like you, you either want mm -hmm. to go that far or, or you won't let yourself. You have a governor on that. Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I, I do. Um, yeah. And I think, I think you have to be very alienated and very, um, very far and feel kind of quite helpless and feel far from power because I think the closer you get to power, the more you get the sense of its incompetence. Yeah. 
And so, um, but I suppose, like, I used to live in Russia. I used to be a journalist in Russia. And what you described just there, like, they control everything. Mm -hmm. They give the the newscasters a script. Um, They're all connected. They're this kind of all-powerful cabal. That's a pretty accurate description of Russian politics. So I guess, you know, there, there are places and times where that mindset, you know, like a kind of stop clock is right twice a day. Like, right, you know, right. there, there are places where that's kind of true. And the irony is that in that, that paranoid mindset could end up creating the situation it fears. Yes. Um, like if it's so corrupt, then we need, we need it, you know, we need the savior and we should suspend democratic norms to give the savior power. And, and this is kind of what a, a lot of Russians think, like, oh, Russia's so screwed, only a strong man like Putin could sort it out. And then, and then it becomes kind of theater politics, it becomes gesture politics, uh, Putin just performing gestures. But, but it's interesting to think, like, it, you know, let's say, like, maybe if we are othering it as well, mm-hmm. and as people sometimes criticize me, like, saying, oh, they, the conspiracy yes. theorists, they think this, they think that, what's wrong with them? So... Um, you know, like, what is the, you know, it's an interesting thing to think about. Like, what is the belief of yours that someone else might say, oh, that's a conspiracy theory? Right. So I've thought about this about myself. Like, so for example, I guess I do think that there's a limit to mainstream Western medicine, that it's not perfect. Um, I do, I'm interested in, for example, uh, well, I also think that, say, Western mental health is very much dominated by corporate interests who very much push, um, you know, antidepressants as, as the, the only solution to depression. And they hide, uh, re, you know, journal results that don't support that case. And so and some people I think some psychiatrists might try to dismiss me by saying, well, that's just conspiracy theory. Mm. Um, so I guess I'm, I'm, I'm kind of. I suppose it's worth doing that kind of reality check as well. Like, um, you know, what, what are the, what are, what are the beliefs that we all have that someone else might try to dismiss as a conspiracy theory? Do you wonder if, uh, there's almost like a, there's a a tipping point for that too. Like, like if you're even worried about that sort of critical uh understanding of things as they come in and your own beliefs and your own sort of criticizing of your or or examining at least your own beliefs yeah do you think that and i know we run the risk again of of otherizing but but is there an element Mm. of just sort of a a, a difference in interest almost like an interest in critical thinking or, or or otherwise because i'm 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 of the i'm constantly especially in in these moments where it's sort of like I see a lot of beliefs run astray and belief systems mm. sort of like getting pretty wonky and I, mm. I I wonder shit do I have that sort of what you're talking about like what am I mm. like that about mm. but part of me wonders well, if, it's yeah. almost like that mm. thing of if you if you wonder you're insane you're not insane I know that's not exactly right but there's yeah. a logic to yeah, that yeah. that almost does make yeah. sense naturally to our brains mm. yes I, I I don't know I think of course like some people are are more into like trying to check their check their beliefs or not and kind of enjoy almost enjoy it enjoy right. that game of trying to like examine their chess position yeah yeah um but but some and a lot of people are not into that but i think i mean like in terms of how do you engage how do you persuade um i think you i think you should recognize the emotional drivers behind these things uh behind some of these opinions like 
and and recognize the good motives behind them as well. Mm. Like there'll be many people into QAnon who are like, I was into this because I very much wanted to protect children. Mm-hmm. Um, that I I consider like trafficking uh, and the abuse of children one of the worst things that happens in in the world, and I was willing to commit huge amounts of my time and energy to try and uh, protect children. And so, you know, that is not a bad motive. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, you know, whether, you know, and just in terms of like talking people down off the ledge. Yeah. Like, you know, can you, can you, can you say to QAnoners, like that was a really good motive, but you were kind of sold a dud. Uh, and, you know, you, you, your efforts were channeled in ways that weren't actually helpful and didn't actually help to protect uh, at-risk children. But if you are into it, like, you know, you can support these organizations, uh, for example, or you could lobby for this kind of legislation. Do you know what I mean? That yeah. kind of thing? Yeah. I, I honestly have no idea if that would work. Um, but uh, just in terms of, you know, just thinking out loud. Do you have... Um, do you or, have yeah, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Well, and the other thing I was going to say is like, now as, 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 as various QAnoners are in a stage of disenchantment, mm-hmm. whether you can work to um, support ex-QAnon members to become uh, voices uh, for, like, de-radicalization. You know, like, the most persuasive uh, person, say, talking about jihad uh, in, in, like, British Muslim communities would be an ex-jihadist. Right. Um, able to say this is this is where I fell for it, and these the and and I you know like because they really will know it from the inside, and they'll say it was at this moment that I started to realize it was bullshit. Um, so so you know supporting ex cult members, uh, you know, and, and to to kind of share their stories, I think is is quite important now. And again, that's about like um, not othering, but kind of being able that. Helping them to leave the battlefield with honor, yeah, uh, is 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 I think critical at this stage. My experience with talking to at least the people that I know that have sort of slipped into this, my experience with any version of of anything from hard sort of like head to head combat about ideas uh, with harsher mm. words or takes everywhere from that to you know uh, I think I get why you're you know sort of what you just laid out. I met with mm. this sort of. Uh, uh, indignance and 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 outrage at my my patronizing or condescension of them, and I find that okay. I run into this wall where where I'm at such a loss. But but, I, and I'm okay with people thinking things. I mean, I've I've sort of been confused by the deeply religious people my whole life, and and very fascinated <laughs> by belief in general. And I've and I've, <laughs> I've become comfortable with people coexisting with people who believe things that I think are truly, truly just actually crazy. But that is neither here nor there for me anymore because that's how brains work sometimes and that's fine. But I do wonder about this newer sort of strain and 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 what it means for us if we can't approach it about it and if we can't at least speed up or facilitate the the reintroduction to, if we want to call it reality or whatever, it, I, 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 how do we live in a shared space with these ideas that are being so out there and prevalent and in our faces out of the shadows really as they were before the internet was available to sort of Mm. put them in our faces all the time it's not an i think about it i don't know what i don't know what at all what the answer i know and and it's 
it's a big thing as well. Um, it's about how Americans can live with each other. Um, you know, like it's, 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 it's bigger than conspiracy culture. Yeah. It's, it's, and, and that, I, that's such a big question, but I think it also ties to the education system, uh, and meritocracy. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think you've had a splintering off of kind of, uh, the have degrees from the have nots mm -hmm. and, 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 a, and a creation of, of two cultures which have very little links to each other and the loss of, of spaces where different groups and different classes rubbed, rubbed up together. If you know, if that's the right phrase, yeah. but you know, like, um, where there was mingling. Yeah. Uh, and so you've now got, um, middle-class liberal land and working class land, and there's complete incomprehension of each other and loathing. Yeah. And, um, and you know, you're two different countries. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I, and it, something similar is happening in the UK as well. And, and this is, um, this is, this is really worrying. And I think it's as much a part of good intentions, like let's get as many people to university as possible. Uh, and then, you know, and, and kind of the ones who don't, then they're just losers. Yeah. Um, so, so it comes from that as well. Like, and I honestly think it's like, it's, it's changing how we think about education and broadening it. So it's not just like, Oh, hey, you got a degree. You're, you're, you're a kind of, you know, a, a, a mature uh, thinking adult. Oh, you didn't. Sorry. You're just, you're a goon. Right. Uh, and, and like breaking it, you know, breaking that, that divide down. I think, I think a lot, you know, that, that is what's causing a lot of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's, yeah. So that's, that's one way to look at it. I think also there, there, in a way, I mean, even when I was going through the, at least the American public school system, I was, mm. I was so, and I was a kid and so I wasn't fully developed of mind, but, but I remember having this very strong sense of, I'm not going to fucking need any of this shit when I get older because, because yeah. you know what I mean? And, 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 and I yeah. wasn't totally right. There were things that I actually did need, you know, there were some like the, the sciences stuff that you really kind of do need a foundational understanding of, but there, there really yeah. was shit that I never, ever, ever once had to apply. However, there's a, <coughs> I would find, I would think at least if schools are uh, focusing on the same things that, that they did then generally, I would think there needs to be a sort of rethinking of the common uh, tools that we need more than other things. Do you know what I mean? And, and I think literacy of, yeah. of the internet and, 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 and yeah. critical thinking are m m much more important now than maybe some other things were uh, uh, a while ago. Absolutely. But I mean, uh, you know, a, a, a positive way to look at it at a very, uh, on the whole, a very destructive phenomenon is if you're if you become a conspiracy theorist, this is a, mag a massive project of autodidacticism. Yes, like you are spending hours reading, educating yourself. You you might dive into like Babylonian history, then you might get into like uh, the Medici. I mean, I, I read I read a couple of David Icke books, and this was like a you know a, a football player turned sports presenter right. who then went on this massive odyssey of self education. You know, he's learning about ancient cultures and then he's learning about um you know the illuminati in the 18th century and you know unfortunately it's you know it's 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 all it's misguided he lacked a supervisor 
Right. But in some ways, it's in, it's it. There's something impressive yes. in his autodidacticism. Yes. So so think of conspiracy cultures emerging from the a massive human drive in people to learn and to know uh, and to understand, and that they will be they will put hours and hours into that drive. And think about if that drive could be better directed and if there were resources for that drive to help people educate themselves and feed their minds and work out how to make sense of reality. Um, then, you know, that drive is not in, in itself negative. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. a positive drive. Yeah. It's just being fed badly. Yeah, yeah, misdirected and sort of, uh, yeah, that's an interesting way to look at it. I mean, that, that is very, very just true and i i i the idea of like harnessing this this uh this energy or, or way of thinking or thirst for knowing is is yeah. is really you're probably right the thing to focus on you know but then obviously yeah. to people who you know <laughs> might disagree with us they'd think oh well sure you just want to put us in re-education camps and make us think this <laughs> so you don't have to da -da -da, you know what i mean so it's like a constant yeah, well, back and I'm forth big, of it yeah i mean i'm 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 a big believer in adult education yeah. and um, there, there used to be all kinds of working class education self-run, like not like not kind of by patronizing middle class people. There were right. things like they were called things like Mechanics Institute, Workers Education Association. And there was a massive kind of pride in like working class literacy yeah. and working class erudition and a lot of that, um, you know, and some of it was publicly funded, like community colleges as well. And uh, a lot of that got eroded and it got replaced by, you know, shiny but tacky um, YouTube stuff. Yeah. Um, the YouTube can, can be the source of, of, of great learning. But, yeah, I, mean, I just think that's that would be like a, a kind of a hopeful thing to, to, to end our conversation sure, on just yeah. in terms of, you know, can we like – Taking adult education more seriously, particularly in a world where the economy is more and more automated, mm -hmm. so we, we have more time on our hands, and, 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 and putting resources into making a, a, a vibrant kind of uh, adult education infrastructure for people yeah. um, is, is a long-term solution. Yes. Uh, all right. Well, I know you got to uh, run. We're coming up on an hour here. We just passed an hour. Uh, I don't know if there's anything else you want to plug or anything, but Jules, I really appreciate uh, your time. So, but yeah, if there's anything that you want to, you want to mention or throw out there before we hop off, feel free. Um, yeah. Thanks, Matt. Um, well, I just, uh, I, uh, my newsletter, I guess, uh, I, I have a website philosophyforlife.org. Um, and um, yeah, that's that, that, that website, you can sign up for my newsletter and it's got details of my books and courses and stuff like that amazing well thank you so much jules uh hope to do this again there's so much to talk about this is endlessly fascinating to me and i, I really appreciate your time my pleasure matt i enjoyed it as well thanks man talk to you soon <laughs>